Welcome to Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I'm your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Patrick Ewing to my Charles Oakley. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? I don't want to talk about the Knicks, man. We're talking about the Knicks. I don't want to. put it off long enough. I I just, I'm not in a good mental space this week. I know. And I don't really want to. None of us are. (laughs) Yeah. We're, Uh, Tobin and I, bad mental space. Just overall, I would say. Um... We, we got to stop sporting. We need to turn this podcast into a Dungeons and Dragons podcast or something. Um, just sports is just. Or like sports. We're, we're Charlie Brown and sports is Lucy with the football. And we're just over and over lining up to kick that football. Sure that it is going to be a nice, clean 50 yard field goal. And instead just blah every single time over and over and over. Sports are bad. And other things are bad, too. So we're in a bad mental space, the two of us. Um, maybe we should just have Potatron do this thing. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing. Or we could um, do sports betting because then if we, you know, it's just we? bad. And But if we but we might get wins every once in a while, you know. You and I have, have done some, some <laughs> um, let's, let, have done some light gambling together. Legal for gambling. fun. Recreational Legal only. Um, and, um... It has not gone well for us in terms of how much we enjoy it. So I don't know that we should turn this into a sports betting thing. Like my counterpoint is, can it be any worse? Well, it's it's not gambling if you know you're going to win. So true. Um, there, I'm sold. There is already. That. My idea, and I need somebody who can build like an algorithm. I don't have time to track this on my own. Every. I don't watch hardly any college basketball anymore because it's terrible. It's just the worst product ever. Like I would rather watch um, like upward basketball than, than college basketball mostly. But when I like, you know, like the Mavs or excuse me, I've got, I've got Clippers Raptors going on here. And if this was an earlier in the day game, you would hit, see the bottom line and it would be like uh, whatever, Texas tech, West Virginia. And here's the spread. And there's always an over-under for total points as well. I don't know if you've noticed this on every ESPN bottom line now. Like pregame, you get you get the spread and you see over-under total points. I just think we should bet the under on every single game in college basketball. Yeah. Every single game. And see how that turns out for us. Because I feel like you would definitely win 55 to 60% of the time. Yeah. Because college basketball sucks. And it is brutal to watch those games and just be like why this it's not even the same sport it's not even the same sport as as the NBA Mm -hmm. feels like and uh so i don't know somebody wants to build that algorithm um maybe we would find out that that i'm wrong but i feel it feels like an easy win long term i would agree with that we'll see okay now i can talk about sports betting for the rest of this episode we have a couple a couple of topics we need to get into we're going to talk about two teams in the Eastern Conference that are just maybe peaking, that are playing incredible basketball, and another team in the Eastern Conference that is not playing incredible basketball right now. We are not going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks because we are sad um, pretty much all the time. So no Mavs time this week, but uh, we're going to stay mostly in the East. But before that, Tobin, I guess we got to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies and Ja Morant. So. Yeah, so here's the data on on this first before we dive into the oh, I don't even know what to call it. Um they were 31 and 13 on January 18th. They are now 38 and 26, and if you do some simple math, that means they were 7 and 13 since January 18th. Uh for this not good. No, just for the Not record. great. Somehow like it's weird. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Well, actually that's not true. I do because the West is good and bad at the same time, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. this whole time they've been number two in the West until last night, um, and, which, by the way, is the Sacramento Kings, which everybody saw coming. So um, good for you, Sacker. The only people that saw that coming was the mothers of the Sacramento Kings. So maybe they placed bets on and them. Vivek. Yeah, Vivek believed. He's yeah. always believed. Maybe they put bets on them. So hopefully they're raking in some money. Uh, they are twelve and twenty-one on the road. They are twenty and nineteen in conference, but don't remember they're they're fine in the West. <laughs> so, yeah, they're not worried about the West. Oh man, uh, I that is just the stats 
Like that's just the the if if you were just looking at that, and I'm looking it up by the way. He said that on February nineteenth. Hmm. Hmm. No, no, sorry, January thirteenth. Okay. So. So right before things took a turn. Um, yeah. You, you could say so. Okay. Let's talk about just the stats. No, no, we can't mm-hmm. do that. We can't mm-hmm. do that because this the, here's here's the elephant in the room. Something ain't right. Something's going on. And John Morant seems to have, like, it's gotten to the point where so many things have come out that I think the last time when they had the report about his mom, you know, in the Mm -hmm. mall Mm -hmm. and coming back with a gun, I literally asked you, is that the same thing that happened where he fought the guy playing basketball? Because they're all running together. Either they're all one big incident or they're a bunch of, you know, minor, not minor, little incidents. And they're all kind of piling up. Yes, that was not great. Yeah, and then it kind of came to a head this week. So, in case you were living under an NBA rock, John Morant after a (laughs) after a loss in uh, was it Atlanta? Uh, Denver, Denver. Sorry, yes, Denver. Believe in Denver was posted an Instagram story at like three in the morning of Mm -hmm. him. Always, always a good idea. I would say him in a. Adult entertainment establishment with iced out chains holding a very dainty revolver, like dainty gun. Yeah. I like that you called it an adult entertainment establishment. And then all I could think of was like, like a main event. Yeah. Like putt putt. (laughs) Yeah. Like a I mean, is it, is it? Like that might make it worse. Honestly, like, is it game works? Was it a uh, lock in? It's just, so basically all of that stuff happened and then his, his world came crashing down essentially like the next day. Um, mm. It also came on the day that he launched his big power aid campaign. So that wasn't mm. ideal. That one didn't um, work out. Mm. I, I have some thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. What are your initial <laughs> thoughts? Let's, let's stick to John Morant first. We didn't even talk about the injuries and other stuff. Yeah. Let's stick to John Morant for, for a minute because everybody's talking about him. Let's get your two cents on that first. I hope that he can figure it out, number one. Um, he's an incredible talent. I hate to see talent wasted, let, let, let alone to see somebody, like, throw away their – I mean – we saw this we saw this kind of thing so frequently in the 90s and into the you know the early the early to mid aughts and it, it it's a thing that sort of is like of a bygone era in a lot of ways and then yeah. recently it has felt like that is not the case anymore and i don't know there's i'm sure there's tons and tons of theories and data on that kind of stuff but like again if you're younger, if you're much younger than us, like we saw this a lot. We saw, and it was pre social media and real internet and all that kind of stuff too. But like you'd see guys sabotage themselves pretty frequently. And that just really hasn't been the experience for much of like your, your son's basketball growing yeah. up, you know, it just hasn't been part of the deal. So like, I don't, I, 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 I want to see, I want to see him figure this out. Can I, and, can I like, can I, can I, yeah. I'm going to jump in Please. there because, because you're right. Like in the, and in my head, you know, I think you've mentioned this a couple of weeks ago of like, you have a LeBron who's been in the league for literally 20 years and he does mm-hmm. some stupid things and he does some things that make you scratch your head, but you don't see stuff like this from him. The mm-hmm. most thing you're going to see is him making a stupid comment that makes him look like a crybaby sure. or something. Yeah. Like you don't see for this sure. stuff from him. You don't see this stuff from Steph Curry. You don't see this stuff from, I mean, I don't know, like like any any major, like Jokic or, I mean, shoot, even Embiid to an extent, you're yeah, not seeing sure. this stuff. No. Embiid's, Embiid's no. dumb and he makes dumb comments, but he's not doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. This this is very reminiscent to me of a person that he's being compared to right now, which is Gilbert Arenas. Like, yeah. Gilbert Arenas might have been the last guy to kind of do this self-sabotage stuff to a high level. Uh, but, like, I mean, like even like Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson barely didn't make yeah. it barely made it to the league to begin with barely mm-hmm. got a college mm-hmm. offer because of stuff that he was doing, yeah. whether, whether it was, you know, I mean, some people can argue that he wasn't like that, that, that stuff was a court case, whatever, but it doesn't matter. Like he was putting himself in situations that, 
made it look yeah. like he was not on the up and up. And you're right. Like it's a weird thing. Cause in this day and age of social media where we can see anything, you can get posted anywhere. We, this stuff doesn't happen as catastrophically as it did in the nineties. And Morant has seeming to break that mold. And also he's doing it to himself. He's posting the things himself, yeah. which is just yeah. even more dumb. Yeah. It, it's, it really is sad to see. Um, and I, and again, I hope he, I hope that he can figure it out. Um, the flip, that's not really the flip side because I don't, I'm not rooting against him. I, I don't know how to, I'm tired. I can't really think of the, the, the way to phrase that. I feel like there have been red flags with him for a very long time. I think there have been a lot of red flags for him and, and team rant and some of the stuff that, um, has been portrayed as either overlooked because he's a super exciting, flashy, potential face of the league kind of guy. I think that a lot of stuff has been overlooked by media and fans. And then a lot of stuff has been like kind of passed off as like, Oh, isn't this funny? And I feel like not really very funny. Um, if you hear some of the stuff about like his, his upbringing and, and the way that he's, I was at a funeral a year or two ago where I'm going to try to avoid like any specifics just to be safe. But like the, the children of the person who had died, um, all got up and told stories about this person and they were all kind of laughing about them to some extent. And I was like, these are all stories of abuse. Like all of these are bad. These are all, these are not funny stories, guys. Like I'm glad that you are, I guess not traumatized by these things, but like, this is not, I wouldn't, if, if this was my parent, I would not be telling this story because it is not okay. And there's been, I don't want to maybe take it quite to that level, but there have been several things that have been passed off as like, maybe even pass off as good parenting, but certainly passed off as like, Oh, that's just team Morant. And I'm like, I think that that is not great. And maybe is abusive. That has happened a lot. There's been a lot of things like, remember when he screamed at the child for wearing a Steph Curry Jersey? Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I do not want, I'm not, I want to be very clear. I am not equating that to the other things that have happened this summer and, and through the, the course of this season, I am just saying that that was not funny. It was not a good sign that he is screaming at and and going after a nine year old or whatever for wearing the wrong jersey. Like that wasn't yeah, that wasn't funny. That wasn't cool. That wasn't like I mean Zach Lowe the next day on his podcast went off about like oh yeah I like that I like that screw you know all this sort of stuff. I'm like well I I feel like maybe you're ignoring some some issues and some red flags here. It was not it was it seemed like a total afterthought within the media that he kind of spent the whole summer threatening people on Twitter and Instagram and whatever. And now you're like, Hey, maybe we should have taken that seriously when again, as I've said many times, like when people tell you who they are, believe them. Like, I feel like he has been telling us who he is. That does not mean necessarily that like, this is who he will be forever and that there's no redemption or any of these things. It just means that these things are real. The, the the stuff that he has put out there is real. And maybe we should have been holding him accountable to those things instead of pretending like they weren't big deals. Um, I mean, I think we all know that like the more you get away with whatever, the more you push the envelope and the more you, you, well, you, you start to feel invincible and stuff. And that will, if you have, I'm not, it's not, cause I don't know if there's mental health issues there or if it's just whatever it is, you know, and I don't want to speculate on that, but like if you're, if you're crying for help, let's even, let's maybe take it to like, let's be the most, is it best case? I don't know, dude. I, I'm tr- I'm struggling with how to, to phrase this stuff, but like if you are crying out for help and you are not really getting that help and instead you are getting excuses and people just kind of letting you get away with it, you're going to escalate the situation and you're going to continue to 
go down that same path until you get to a place of self-sabotage, which is where we are at right yeah, now. Yeah, so, and, that's, and that's a great point because the thing is with him is he's been obviously great since day one, but last year he was put on the map on another level. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the summer after that is the summer that we start seeing things. And it, these, listen, these things could have been happening, but I just think he's got a bit, he's got more attention on him now on top of the fact that he's, he just got, he's replacing Kyrie in the Nike's shoe line. He's got a mm-hmm. power campaign, which is no slouching thing. Like that's amazing. He's the number two pick in the draft. Uh, that's honestly not a great draft in, in some respects. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I there's a lot of things about that that he could have just taken this and ran. Like Zion is has not been who we thought he was going to be. He the he the league was kind of un, like unfurling the red carpet for him, mm-hmm. and now he's yeah. showing that I think he got too invincible too quick. I mean, like if you look at this draft class, Zion has his issues, but they're not like this. They're they're more. Like oh, yeah. some pettiness yeah. and some injury stuff, but nothing like this. Darius Garland is the other big name from this draft class. Do you see Darius Garland doing this stuff? No, like you don't. The the worst part about this for me, not the worst part, but one of the worst parts about this was this came out, it was bad. And then like the next day, someone reported that that same night after their loss, they had a players only meeting yeah. by a veteran, led by a veteran. They didn't say who. That basically was saying Steven Adams. Oh, was it Steven yeah. Adams? Okay. Yeah, it was basically, Steven Adams. Adams basically said, "We're twelve and twenty-one on the road. You guys need to get your crap in gear when we're on the road. Stop screwing mm. around. We can't win a title this way." And then that night, he goes to a strip club yeah. till all hours in the morning and flashes a gun around. Or a main event. It might yeah. have been a main event. And flashes flashes his gun around. And yeah. look, like here's the thing. They announced tonight that he's going to miss at least, quote, at least the next four games. And you listened to a lot of pods today. I didn't have time, but you were saying that there is speculation that he might get the book thrown at him for this year. And if that's well, look, part of this is like if if this happened in Denver, there are very strict rules. Like, look, I I understand too that like the the um, the local authorities today announced they're not going to there's no charges against him. All this sort of stuff. There's a major difference between uh, what a local PD has, the, the burden of proof, you know, for a local PD to, to press charges against something versus what the NBA's policies are. There are, because of Gilbert Arenas, there yeah. are very strict policies about handguns on the or bringing guns on the road. Um, it's a 50-game suspension. Um, Adam Silver is, you know not shown much spine over the years. So like, I would be shocked if they actually came through and followed, followed through on, on what the policy is, but it would be very difficult to, to, it it would be very difficult. It's going to be difficult at least to find ways to work around the policy. If that's what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if they can prove, get a friend that says, Oh, I'm the one that brought the gun or, or whatever else. But like, but, but here's, here's, to a little bit to your point, what you said, like he's he's surrounded. I think it was Bomani Jones. Um, I I felt like made a great point about like we keep saying you're surrounding yourself with the wrong person, but he's the one who is the wrong person yeah, in all of these situations. Sure. It's not it's not the crew. Um, I guess the better way to say I, and, that and, is is that someone's got to get him under their under their wing. Well, and I yeah. and I don't think it's his. I don't think it's his family. I, no, I think I don't gosh, think that no. the family has been great, and that has that has shown. I think that's come through over this. But even I would even take it a step further. Further, Tobin, of like at least as far as like an example of how either he doesn't have people in his corner who are helping to make him the best person that he can be and coach him through situations or he is not listening to those people. And I think a great example of that is the freaking statement that he put out in freaking Joker font, yeah. like, ransom like letter newspaper, font. Clip, yeah. like ransom letter font. Like, and I'm a little frustrated that all that so many of the media members ran with like the sanitized version of that, that they like it was retyped and stuff. And that was what they were released. And you had to, then you'd see a couple people who, who 
I think had the the stones to tweet what he act or put out what he actually put out. And you're just like, dude, that's it's it's that's it's, weird. it's immature. Like, like it's, how, it's just immature. How do you, yeah? I think that's a great that's a that's a very kind way to look at it is to say this is very immature. It 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 borders on like, are you are you are you right? Like what what's What's going on here? And how do you not have anybody in your corner who says, hey, ding dong, you have to just open up the freaking notes app on your phone and put it and type it out like a normal human being instead of putting it in this. This is not going to help. This is not going to help. Um, There's a whole lot of stuff with that. So so let's let's get take it. Yeah, let's take it back to the basketball. Here's the thing. We can take it back to the basketball, but I don't think it does us any good predicting something that we truly don't know how this is going to go like i think mm-hmm, best case mm-hmm. scenario he gets the you know anti-semitic treatment that Kyrie got which is basically spend 11 days of quote-unquote mm-hmm. rehabilitation and like I, when i say that i don't i'm not saying that in like a passive aggressive like i truly hope that he's doing that and because he needs it and like and, the, and he's 23 years old too so like like this is sure. it, it, he needs to get this and so hopefully he's truly doing that like supposedly Kyrie was as well. Um, if that's the case, you're looking at 11 games maybe, and there's, I don't know how many left, like 20. And so, I mean, he's going to miss six. So I don't think it's it's really like, I don't think we can really do this because we just don't really know. I mean, as as it stands right now, they are tied for the second seed in the, in the West. If the playoffs started today, they'd be playing the Timberwolves in the first round. Um I, I don't like, okay, so here's the other thing we didn't talk about. Brandon Clark is like the same day basically announced that he was in, that yeah. he's done for the year. Um, and probably next year too. Achilles. I mean, yeah, I mean, rough. it's rough. That's really rough. Uh, Dylan Brooks is essentially a technical machine now and he's going to get suspended. I think, I, I don't know what, the, I don't, I can't remember what the reset rule is, which we should know this because of Luca, but we don't. It's every other game. It's like every other technical. Yeah. Game. So he's now going to be on that train until the playoffs and, He's not going to keep yeah. his mouth shut because he never does. They're, be- they're well. They might be better without sure. him anyway. But I, I'm, I to your, I agree with your point. With your, your I mean, yeah. Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson are getting thrown to the wolves on the court right now, and you know, I, it's just I don't. If it wasn't the Kings in second place, I'd be a little bit more worried. The, the biggest problem for them right now is that Phoenix is a new team and is right, right behind Phoenix them. Is lurking. Yeah. And so yeah. um I think my not very like educated opinion is this basically ends them up fighting for home court. Like I, I think they are gonna be legitimately fighting for home court. They're like I said, the saving grace for them is that outside of the top four, there's there's a lot of issues when those five, six, seven, eight teams, including our team, uh, so they might be able to hang on, but they're they're gonna if the Kings keep playing the way they are, the Suns are definitely going to keep playing the way they are. They're going to like, mm-hmm. they're looking at yeah. fourth seed best right now. Yeah. And so I just, that's, that's problematic. Well, it, I would even, I would take it a step further to say, I got a little, I got a little frustrated listening to pause today where some people were talking about, Oh, this is going to, this really changes them. They were a contender, blah, blah. No, they weren't. Yeah. They were frauds. They were going to get exposed in the playoffs. Um, and now this will be the excuse if that that's, that's taking, that's, that's too far. There will be excuses for if they do not do well in the playoffs. I would tell you that we've been banging that drum all season as we did last season. Uh, I don't, uh, they do a real good job putting targets on their back and I don't think that they're capable of, of dealing that with that. So, yeah. Um, and, and they've also, I did not buy them as a contender all, all season and now it, they've made their path significantly more difficult for sure. You know, what's your, what's your job prediction? What do you think happens with him this season? There was enough people today, like Mark Spears, who's not one of my favorite journalists, but, um, he's pretty, he's pretty connected though, but he is, yeah, he's plugged in. He's plugged in. He said he didn't think that he was going to play again this season. Um, if this, you know, gun on the road thing is a real legitimate policy and a real part of this whole thing. Then like it's even for silver who has no stomach for the fight, like that's going to be really hard to get to work around. So 
Yeah, he oh. he kind of he kind of has to like otherwise he looks even more weak than he already does. And if it's a written policy and not just like a commissioner's discretion, then he's not going to have <laughs> yeah. a choice. I mean, and but also just just from a from a like a, a mental health standpoint and a, and a hoping for this 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 guy to 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 be okay and to figure this out like this whole statement of like uh you know I'm and at the time it was two games it was going to be two games like 3 days like I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress and my overall well-being you don't that's like legit therapy my dude like it doesn't you don't go to therapy a couple times and then you're like oh cool I know how to do better and to like handle the stress and all this like if you if that's what it is, and look, is that is that kind of boilerplate excuse making? Yeah, probably. But oh my god, Kawhi Leonard just murdered Jakob Pertl. Um, yeah, is that is an excuse making? Sure, but like, if that's the corner you're gonna you're gonna paint yourself into, um, then it's really hard to be like, yeah, cool, I got some therapy and I'm better now. So it, here we go, I'm ready to go after six games or something. Like, that's a that's a long process. So mm-hmm. I, I would lean towards it. This is a, a an extended period of absence, not, um, I don't know. And I, I don't want to put games on that. And I don't want to say he's done for the season or whatever else, but I, I feel like we're, I, I feel like it's going to be really hard to, to figure out a way to get out of a long, a long absence mm-hmm. on this one. All right, let's move to the East. Let's talk about the Bucks. Uh, they just had a 16 win uh, win streak end. They are now first in the East, and they're 47 and 18, I believe. Let me look at the yeah, yeah, they're 47 18 tonight. Uh, they definitely have some some question marks still, but it looks like somebody has awakened the beast. Um, and then they are 117 offensive rating, 108 defensive rating in the last 15. Uh, Giannis in the last 15 is averaging 30, 11 and, and six in less than 30 minutes, which is just, <laughs> just insane. So, uh, what are your initial thoughts about the bucks in their last few, uh, games? It's like, it kind of snuck up on me cause I mean, I'm well on the record. I love the bucks. I love Giannis. I love watching that team play basketball. Um, but like there was this stretch where, where at least for me, it it was like I kept saying, eh, they're not playing great, great, but like they'll get there. I trust them. I I trust the pedigree. They're gonna be all right. Middleton will get back, they'll get okay. And then they had a stretch with him where it was like, ooh, they don't look great. Should we be concerned about the Bucks? And I remember saying that to you a few weeks ago of like, should we should we talk about the Bucks or should we kind of let the the Middleton thing settle in a little bit more before we start talking I'm like yeah we'll, we'll we'll wait a little bit and then you know all these other things are going on the flashy trades and and uh off court stuff all this sort of stuff and then you just kind of look up and you're like geez man they've won 10 games in a row and they're freaking crushing people um and then they stretch that all, all to 16 before philly ended it uh uh earlier this week um 117 offensive rating. Their their defensive rating is 108. That's good. In the last 15. Um, overall this season, this was this was some good stuff. They are number four in three-pointers made and three-points attempted. They are number one in rebounds. They are number one in fouls committed. They are number one in opponent assists. The, these are the compelling stats to me, okay? When you kind of comp- combine all these things, number one in opponent assists, Number three in opponents, three points per uh, attempted per game, and number fifteen in, uh, or excuse me, uh, n- number three in, uh, in opponents, three pointers made per game, fifteenth in three pointers attempted opponents, but number two in opponent three point percentage. So what it tells you is that the teams are having to work really hard to get shots, and that they are also doing a good job of getting the right people to shoot the ball. Um, and that's a pretty daggum good recipe for for playoff yeah. success. When you have Giannis, Brooke Lopez might be defensive player of the year. Um, Which, who had that bit crazy. on their bingo card? Because my gracious, like he's incredible. <laughs> that yeah. dude looked like he was done like three years ago, and now he's yeah. possibly minimum a- contract with the Lakers. Man, like crazy. 
Yeah. What a reinvention. What a reinvention of that guy. So great. Middleton is slowly starting to like come around a little bit. And now, like, too, they've added real depth. Like, I'm not a big Jay Crowder guy, but he's helped. Like, he's he's provided some some of exa- all the things that they needed, you know, some some 3 and D kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know how much Drogic is going to play, but he's there now, too. Like, they, they run 10-12 deep, it feels like, at this point. Um, yeah, dude, this is... If I if we're gonna get into sports betting, if we can if we can get any decent odds, this is this is my bet. I I feel I feel pretty daggum confident about the. I mean, obviously pending injury or whatever, but um, or barring injury, I should say. Um, I feel pretty dang confident about about this team as as the best in the league. Well, and it seems like in the last couple months or last month, they've kind of taken it personally that no one's been talking about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sure. The one, like obviously, they're showing their championship pedigree right now, and they're still not even there. Like that's that. Like to your point, that's the crazy thing is they still have a lot of things that they can fix to be even better than they are. Mm-hmm. The one thing that makes it harder for me this year, and maybe that's why they're kicking it in the gear right now, is that the East is decidedly, I think, better this year. Like, I think. Oh yeah. There's a lot of things that the East is doing. I mean, like we're going to talk about two of the teams here in a second, but like, even like, like I really hate giving the Sixers props because they like, they'll, they'll do this. They kind of go, <laughs> they kind of go on streaks and they go on these things and then they, you know, and then they just crater. So like, it's not like, I don't want to give them credit but at the same time. Like you can't ignore that. They've just been unreal lately. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think because of all that, it's going to make it very interesting for a team like the Bucks, like to basically still own the throne because they, they need to show that they're still here. And so hopefully they're doing that now. It's just, that would make me a little nervous because they, they have not shown consistently all year that they are still that team, I guess. But Mm. if (laughs) it's just funny, because like, what was it? Three years ago, two years ago, before they won their title, we were all just like, "Oh, Coach Bud's got to prove it." Until he proves it, yeah. we're not. And yeah. now we're just like, "He's, you know, we trust in, in Coach Bud forever." And it's yeah. like, but you, you never think about like, <laughs> "Hey, actually, a couple of years ago, we would have been saying, oh, he, you know, this is going to be a disaster scenario.'" And I don't think that's true. Yeah. I think he's definitely a good coach, and there's a lot about it. It's just funny how we've kind of come full circle on that. So yeah, I remember thinking like. <laughs> Could they make the finals and we, still fire? You literally not, not <laughs> even thinking. You said that on our podcast. Like, if they make the finals and and yeah. lose, he still might get fired. So yeah, because it wasn't. Great. It wasn't. Uh, and it's very. Stubborn. It's just uh, there's a lot of things that they do that require like pieces like Middleton to be who he needs to be, and and he may be like nobody can come back from those kind of injuries like 100 percent and not have some some rust on them. So like. It's yeah. cool to see them go on the 16 game win streak and stuff. I I just think that they I think they see that they have to kick it in gear earlier this year. And so that's that's mm-hmm. the that's mm-hmm. the, if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm in, I'm encouraged by that because it tells me like okay, like all right, Boston, New York, you know, Cleveland, Philly, like y'all look out because like here we are. We're coming. Like that kind of thing. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I I I really like what we've seen from them over the last few weeks and and uh I th- I, th- I think I feel pretty confident about them at this point. So talking about New York, let's move on to the New York Knicks. They are nine and one in the last ten, including a double OT win over the Boston Celtics. Uh, they are one hundred and twenty three and a half in the offensive rating, that which is second. They're one hundred and twelve in defensive rating, which is eighth. They're overall number five and fifteen. Um, Brunson is twenty seven four and eight in their last ten. Randall's 28, 7, and 3. Quickly is 18, 4, and 3, and all over 40% from three. They're doing good things. And I don't like it. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. It just it's just salt in the wound at this point. It's like it's like a double thing of like of yeah. I, I I love seeing Brunson do well. I really do. I'm still mad about it. I still think he handled himself not as good as I would have wanted him to, or more of his dad than anything. It's seeing you know it's good seeing him do well, but the other thing I don't like about this is now people are giving Thibodeau more credit, and I hate that. <laughs> I know that's petty, but it really bothers me that Thibodeau is now like getting yeah. 
more credit in like I, I think I even saw him like on a short list for coach of the year the other day and I was like stop it like please stop yeah do yeah. not do this again please don't do this again <laughs> like but then you look at the stuff and you're like gosh man maybe he does need to be up there I don't know pretty good they've been pretty good um I it's it's very weird to me. I know Brunson is a big part of this, um, but it's kind of weird to me how how crap they were last year, yeah. and then you see what they're doing right now this season, and it's it's pretty much a carbon copy of what they were successful at um, that, in two seasons ago when when they were the four seed and had that great run to end the season and. Julius Randle's hitting threes and all this kind of stuff. It's like, why did you just, I mean, what happened that resulted in everybody just kind of taking a break for 2021, 2022 seasons? It's just, it's very strange. Um, again, I know Brunson's a huge part of this, but, uh, it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of interesting to watch them play. Um, Brunson's been awesome. Randall's an all-star and he's been awesome. Like quickly has been a, I mean, I, I, as the, as maybe the highest person in all of, <laughs> of, uh, NBA draft him on, uh, on, on quickly in 2020, his rookie season or his, his draft year. I, I feel real good about this. He's going to win six man of the year. I mean, he's been yeah. incredible. Um, and, and like watching him the other night when Brunson was out and he just stepped in and freaking torched the Celtics, who we'll talk about here in a second. Sorry, Brad. Um, the, I mean, it was like, yes, this is like, it was better than I could have ever imagined when I watched tape of him. I was like, this guy's good. Like, I think this, he's like a legitimate, he should be a mid first round pick, not, not just a, you know, a potential second round pick kind of guy. Um, so the Knicks were justified on that. He did, he's, he's been great. He's been really good for them and he's got great energy and he, anyway, they do a lot of, of interesting stuff. Now I will say this, I don't want to be, I don't want to rain on the parade. Um, they got this big West coast trip coming up soon. I think that will tell us some stuff mm-hmm. maybe about them. <clears throat> The strength of schedule hasn't. I mean, look, I'm not trying trying to take anything away from them. Um, sometimes when it's when you're when you're rolling, things just everything goes your way. Yeah. You know, like that game winner that Randall hit against the Heat is like the most botched possession you could possibly have, and they still won the game because he hits this freaking hail mary three, falling down out of bounds, going the wrong way. You know, that's crazy. Um, the the double overtime win against the Celtics like everything is kind of going right for you and uh you know we'll see if it if it holds up i will say this 2 years ago one of the things that we kept pointing out was like i'm not sure how sustainable this is because a big part of it is 3 point 3 point variance and um and that tends to <laughs> Not necessarily be luck, because I just gave the Bucks credit for making sure that the right guys are shooting threes, okay? The Knicks are doing that to some extent, too. But I would say that, that, that stats like this, that they are 26th in opponents three-point made and 29th in uh, three-point attempts for opponents, but somehow are fifth in three-point percentage for opponents, hmm. would tell me that that is not necessarily sustainable when you get to the playoffs and you're playing the same team every night, obviously that can like figure out how to get better shots, get the right shooter, shooting the shots, all that kind of stuff. Their, their defense is, I think a little bit designed to, um, they use Mitchell Robinson, not quite the same that, that like Utah used to use Rudy Gobert, but they do kind of funnel, they funnel you towards him. He is a monster when he's in there and stuff. And the the end result of that, I think, is a lot of uh, late shot clock kickouts to guys who aren't great shooters shooting threes. And again, that's not necessarily it might be sustainable, but it doesn't leave me with a whole lot of and maybe some of this is based on them feeling like the exact same kind of team that they were two years ago. And then the Hawks just eviscerated them. So um, maybe maybe that that some of that's based on that. But I I. I find it harder to buy them as a legit contending playoff team when you still have these these things yeah. sitting out there. Well, so. and they haven't looked great 
all of this year. Now, some of that you could blame on, hey, it's a new makeup, there's a new guy, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. like, it's not like they've been rolling all year. Like, they there's a stretch where people are like, oh no, like, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't look sure. good. Couple stretches, yeah, yeah a couple and stretches so, where it didn't look very good. But yeah. if I'm, you know, if I'm the Cavaliers right now, or Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. even the Sixers, like I'm, I'm not feeling good about playing these guys on a seven game series just because. I mean, if they get rolling, like on those threes, like it's it's a it's a double edged sword. If they get rolling, they could beat anybody, but they could also lose every game, you know. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and so, but yeah. I, a, a young Cavs team that has a a guy who's notorious for, at least with the Jazz, hasn't really proven that he can show up in the playoffs yet. Mm-hmm. Going to MSG yeah. for at least three games, or I'm sorry, yeah. at least two games. Like that's that's a that'd be a, a little bit scary for me. Like that's that I would want to avoid that if I was them. Sure, so. sure, yeah, I can see that. Look, they're a tough team. Um, they 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 again they 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 force you into into bad stuff. They're a great rebounding team. I think number three in the league. And they don't turn the ball over either. And so those things carry. Those things travel, you know, into the playoffs. It's just, I still feel like a lot of their, whatever, however elite we they are, and I don't, I don't know, but I think, I feel like a lot of their, their upper tier success is still kind of built on three-point variants, and that doesn't necessarily hold up in the playoffs. But that doesn't mean that this isn't super successful and, you know, and they still have all their chips for a big trade yeah, yeah. in the summer if they can get somebody. Like this is not a finished product. This is not team. the year like, they had to be good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so it's it's really, you know, if you're a Knicks fan, this is obviously this is a this has been an incredible run to watch. And Brunson's been better than I could. I mean, I love Jalen Brunson, and I could not have foreseen him being no, as good for as sure he not. is now. Um, thanks, Mark. Um, but. But uh, there's other things in there too where it's just like I don't I don't know I don't know how that plays out but but it's been an incredible it's been an incredible run that they're on right now and you know I don't know that I mean I don't know that that's, that is going and you and to your more to your point um, they're not a great matchup uh, for like the Cavs probably are like oof I don't really want to play them and um, they kind of seem to have the Celtics number this year and some other stuff I think the Sixers probably eat them but um, yeah. And I don't have any concern about them beating the the Bucks, you know, if it got that far. No. But I mean, if they made a conference finals run, then you're just like, holy crap! Like that's especially given what I just said about like having all the chips and ready to make a move in the summer. Like, oh my goodness, that's that's dangerous, dangerous. You know what I mean? But I I don't necessarily buy it um, for that far. But it's it's been really impressive to watch, and they're pretty they're kind of a fun team to watch too mm-hmm. for for a team that sort of junks it up at times, but like their offensive rating, obviously, like you said, has been great and they're way more fun than a Tibbs team usually is. So I give them credit for that. Yeah. All right. Let's stay in the East for one last team. And let's talk about the Boston Celtics. They are, they were 35 and 12 on January 21st after their night. Was that after the nine game win streak or before? Was, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. They're now 45 and 21. The bucks have caught them. They are five and five in their last 10. Um, in their last ten, they've also had an 114 uh, offensive rating and 115 defensive rating. Eesh. Not great. Uh, Not what you want. Tatum though has averaged 27 a game with 43-31 split. Um, they clearly are having a Grant Williams problem right now. Um, <laughs> which you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna make both of these. <laughs> Like it's, it's oh, like glorious. Man, if you're gonna talk, if you're gonna talk crap, you gotta. Gosh, like oh man, uh, I have thoughts, but I want I want to okay. parcel them out after you talk. So, what do you think? They just don't seem that good um, for being the two seed in the in a very good Eastern Conference and stuff. Um, I'm really curious to see. This has been. So, the last two years, the Celtics have been so weird. Are are they the team that, that made the finals last year and was up in the finals? Or are they closer to the team that was like, like maybe you should just trade everybody and start over? Like this is real. I mean, obviously I don't think that's what they are, but like it, it's just really, it's 
They're very confusing to me. It's, it's, I mean, we were basically writing them off last year, and then they, then, oh, then they we went on a crazy were. run, you know. And so it's definitely it's weird. weird. Remember when we made fun of five thirty eight, like saying that they're the favorites and everything? Like they're not even going to make the playoffs the way it's going right now. And then, sure enough, um, they did, and and then the finals and everything. So like I, um, I think that there's some first year coach issues right now. Joe Mazzulla is doing like a friend, freaking fantastic job for the first half. Yeah, of the it's season really not now. fair either because like yeah. it's not like yeah, you, totally. You know, totally. obviously this is an, an an environment that he was not expecting to inherit. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So there's stuff that he's got. Yeah. I, mean, I think that they they seem like they don't totally know what the right lineup should be on a given night. Close your ears, Brad. I think Marcus Smart's been kind of bad for stretches of this season. Not just like Dude, he's not we just great. we just lost one of our subscribers. Now I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's in he's in the UK. That's right true. Now. He's not listening to this episode. Um. I, yeah, I, I, I look. I don't like watching Marcus Smart play basketball, so I'm biased. <laughs> but like, I think he's been in. I think Derek White has been so much better than him in long stretches this season, but they can't keep Marcus Smart off the floor because he's Marcus Smart. So Robert Williams, who like who who knows if he's ever going to play night in, night out. I think that they would be smart to try to figure out um, a, a, another option for that this this summer. Um, you know, Jalen Brown's been great. I th- I think Tatum is is part of the look. I think a big part of the problem is is Missoula maybe just not really understanding who should and should not play at various points. The reliance on Grant Williams has got to be very aggravating because he's not very good, and he's the most annoying player in the NBA, including to his own teammates. So like these things think Tatum. I'm kind of parroting. I don't think this is a unique thought, and I, I'm so I'm I'm parody, parroting it a bit. I think that Jason Tatum is a very, very, very good basketball player who is just a little bit shy of the elite, elite, elite level of like the top five guys or whatever in the league. And sometimes, one of the things that I loved about Jason Tatum uh, in college and have loved about him over the years is that he adapts really well, but it takes time for him to do so. Like he's not a an instinctual natural player. Mm. You know, we kind of joke off the air especially, but even on the air a little bit about how he seems like a guy who spends the whole summer just dominating cones <laughs> on the court and doesn't always feel instinctual in the way that he, you know, attacks actual human beings. And so as a result of that, it's like as teams adjust to him and them, you're going to see these stretches where it's like, Hey, what's going on here? Why does he look bad? 43 and 31 over 10 games is pretty, is pretty rough for a guy that of, of, of his talent and stuff. And I think there's just a limitation to how much they can do if he's not playing at the level that he is capable of playing at, um, and that he has shown that he is capable of playing at at various times. But anyway, that's me. Where, what about you? Where are you at with this team? I, you know, last year, the biggest thing for most of the year was like, put up, man, like it's time to put up. And they did, they, they, Mm -hmm. they went on a huge run. They made the finals. Um, I think I'm, I think in my head this year, I'm, I'm giving them more of a pass because they kind of had like, just like for different reasons, like the Hornets started with the, just the, the worst hand possible. Um, the Celtics have kind of got the good team version of that, of they're a good team, but their whole season was basically turned on its head game, you know, the week, week two. And Mm. it's still, it feels like their supporting cast it's very like hit or miss, and like like to your point, like Grant Williams and Robert Williams, it, it just it doesn't seem like it's all clicking the way it needs to. Now Brogdon's mm-hmm. been incredible, like mm-hmm. and that's that's yeah. great, and he's doing exactly what you you know he needed. They needed to happen with him. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just weird to me that like 
we're getting so many of these stories this week of like Grant Williams and, and like, it's just, I don't think this is so petty, but I don't think it's an accident that the week after he announces his vice presidency for the MBPA, then he immediately becomes this, this public enemy number one (laughs) on Twitter and stuff. Cause it's just like, like there's like, look at the, he's freaking insufferable. Yeah. Look at the company you're keeping on that stuff, man. Like, (laughs) well, here, here's the other thing. When that got announced, I think there was some like, Oh, what really? And, and, you got to understand too that like most players don't want to do that. It's not quite like running unopposed, but I guarantee the guys in that locker room said Grant annoys the crap out of me. Let's let him annoy the crap out of Adam Silver, you know? Yeah. Like you think Jason Tatum wants to do that? No, of course he doesn't. You think Jalen Brunt? No, of course he doesn't. They <laughs> That is a role that is like freaking built for Grant Williams to be to do because he's just so he's so annoying. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> there's very few times that a role player just annoys mm-hmm. everyone the way that he is. Yeah. I feel like like it's he's in so many ways he's just kind of an innocuous guy, and then he misses those free throws against the Cavs the other night, and it was like. The entirety of NBA oh, Twitter yeah. just came just, out. Just, to re- like, they oh, just rejoiced. Yes. Like this is a holiday yeah. for us. You know, I mean, it's it's so funny. It's so funny. I mean, I even Celtics fans are done with him, and that you know, and it's just like, <laughs> and then today, did you see the story about Missoula explaining why he sleeps with his mouth taped shut? <laughs> no, I just this. It's just like what are we, what are we doing, guys? Like, why why are we? I don't know. That's that's so minor. I don't care what you talk about on on podcasts and shows and stuff. But it's just like, mm. I think Missoula is going to end up being a great coach, and I think he's already proven that he can do it this year. Um, I still I still think they have. I think the evergreen comment with the Celtics is they have a team makeup issue that almost won them a title last year. But like, there has to be questions about. Like what? What are we doing in this makeup that's not working? Because when you have two players who are all who are perennial all stars and a guy that mm-hmm. a lot of people are thrusting to be a top ten player in the NBA and some even top five, like the expectations are always going to be there. So like, how are you going to meet that? You know, and and to be fair, this year they they were they were playing well, but but right. they're. They're definitely trending downward right now, Um, you know, which is the opposite of what they did last year. Last year they were they were garbage and then just went on a a heater to end the year and went to the finals. So, you know, who knows? I mean, it's it's just it felt like, at least to me, it felt like for for months, it was just like. Not necessarily a foregone conclusion because it's a freaking eighty-two game season and all this stuff happens and, but it it, it felt like we were headed to Bucks Celtics in the in the conference finals and that like hey this is this could be like this great rivalry and all this and it still can I'm not I'm not trying to write that stuff off. Um, now, right as we sit at this very moment, and maybe they'll change this over the the last fifteen games or whatever, but it feels like the Bucks are 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 kind of peaking or like moving towards like the best versions of themselves and are solidifying who they are at the top of this thing. And it, and the Celtics feel vulnerable now in a way that they maybe didn't feel vulnerable, um, a month ago or two months ago or, or whatever else. Um, now to be fair, I'm not sure that anybody is really, I mean, the Sixers are kind of lurking there and I, they have their own, the Sixers are just going to remain in in you know show me don't tell me yeah. mode. I think for for a long time. I'm not really necessarily. I don't think anyone's necessarily scared of of the Cavs. We just talked about the Knicks and who they are. That you know the Heat kind of lurking down there. But like my point is, they could very easily still be conference fine them you know Celtics versus Milwaukee that's an, that's maybe the most likely outcome and very very easily could happen but they just they just feel a lot a little it feels a little more a little more um sketch than it did did a month or two ago and they they I don't know they catch the wrong matchup in in round one or especially in round two then I don't know it it's just two different two different teams that are uh maybe a little bit headed in different directions like you said yeah so 
it's a, this is an interesting year, man. Like, cause the, the West is like this too, where, where I look and I'm like, I just don't even, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the nuggets have run away with this thing, but I don't know that anyone is scared of the nuggets. Actually, I know that no one is scared of the nuggets in the, in the playoffs. That's not to say that they're not going to be really good and, and make a run to the finals. I just don't think there's, any team that's just like, gosh, dang it, there's no way we can beat the Nuggets. I think every team, if they get matched up against Denver, is like, all right, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to try to do to to give ourselves the best chance to win. You know what I mean? And the Grizzlies have been the two seed forever, and now they are not the two seed anymore. And Kevin Durant rolled his ankle again tonight because he's kind of, I mean, I, Kevin Durant's an incredible basketball player, but he's kind of made a glass. So, mm-hmm. Maybe he misses two games, but maybe it's 10 games. No one, you, you never know. Our own stupid team sucks, you know, but but still has two incredible basketball players on the team. So, like, what happens in those? The Warriors are, all of these things, it's like, it's a really strange year to me. It's, it, it's, it's hard. Outside of Milwaukee, like, it's hard for me to pin down, like, this is the team that I'm scared of. This is the team that I expect to be there in the final four at the end of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's and then at the same time you look at there's a whole lot of teams that I say, I mean, they could the Heat maybe are still the prime example. They could beat anybody. They cannot beat four somebody's. You know? It's just it's very strange. It's just a very strange year. And uh you'd think we'd have some clarity with fifteen games to go, but we do not. I feel like it gets murkier by the day. Yeah, and that's so, it. Really yeah. d- does feel wide open, which is you know going to make for fun, fun TV. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Real good. quick. Let's get out of here before we get out of here. Oh yeah. I feel like Please. I feel like it just announced today, but Jim Beheim is walking away from Syracuse for the first time. And whether what do you, whether you feel like about him or not, because of his scandals and his his stuff. Um, in you know tournament 47 seasons dude 47 seasons but also like he he was a grad assistant before that so so he's really 54 years and he was only at one place i have some stats okay so he went to five final fours in his in his career won the tournament once in 2003 his record is 1015 and 440 at syracuse so it's almost a 70 percent Winning yeah. percentage, just like maybe four hundred of those have been in the last decade. So yeah, and just kidding. Uh, like for the you know betterment of the de- of the I mean basically all the yachts in the in the tens and twenties in a in a mm-hmm. very tight tough conference too. Like I mean the Big East was the was the powerhouse mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. long time. So yeah. Yeah. you know, like I said, c- you know all that s- scandal stuff on the side. What what a, what a career, man! Fifty four years, like going from Coach K one year to to Bayheim the next year is it's pretty crazy to see. It makes me feel old and like I'm dying as well. Yeah, but um, just really really uh really weird day, but also like you know, congrats on a great career, but Bayheim and. I, I I would say good luck in retirement. I have a feeling he's not going to be fully retired. Like I feel like like I could see him. <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to be miserable. Yeah, regardless. There's a reason this guy has taught, not taught, <laughs> coached for 54 years at the same school. Yeah. He's going to get out in one year and then be like, oh wait, I'm gonna, I am now the athletic director of Syracuse. <laughs> like, well, what's crazy is like you, you're right. Like I I don't have a lot of love lost for for Jim Beheim um, or the Syracuse program, but like. Uh, it it kind of is the end of an era for for us because I think about like the and I just I trashed college basketball at the beginning of the season and I stand by or it's the beginning of this episode I hate college basketball now it's just a miserable experience but um I've watched you know thousands of college basketball games with these I loved college basketball at one point or another and. And, and you and I, I think you as a coach's son and me as uh, a five foot nine guy <laughs> that really loved basketball, but knew that this is, you know, this isn't going to happen. Um, I love coaches. I love coaching. I, you know, I just wrapped up my, my, you know, my youth league basketball season and I freaking love coaching. And that's something that... <laughs> as much as I love the NBA, the coaching side of things is not, it's not the same as it, as it was in college 
for us Mm -hmm. growing up, especially. I'm not sure that it exists in college anymore now or, or will exist. No, it's gotten too commercialized. But yeah, but for us, there was this whole group of guys who were established as like the coaches in college basketball. And it's, it's, it's coach K and, and Bayheim and Roy Williams and Lute Olson and like Don Chaney and Patino and, um, I'm leaving out a few guys who, you know, were, were hugely important in all, I mean, Bobby Knight to some extent for us. Um, I mean, you and I saw the end of, of, uh, of Smith, you know, and at UNC and, uh, there was, there was this, this, they all seem like they were the same age, which I know they are not, but they, they seemed like it to me anyway. It all seemed like they were all like 55 years old for 25 years and they were like institution Gary Williams, you know, they were institutions at these places that they were at John Thompson and they're all gone now. <laughs> like Tom Izzo is kind of the last one from that. And he can't be far generation. behind, honestly. And, and he, he probably shouldn't be far behind. Um, and I think I just saw he started in like 95, which I would have guessed way before that. If you, you could have won some money on that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it felt, it feels like he has been the coach at Michigan state for my entire life. And I just turned 40, you know? So all these guys, again, like almost none of them have ended like, well, you know, and gracefully and stuff. The last, the last couple of years of coach K were pretty rough. Uh, obviously. Listen, I don't like, think that's their fault though. I, Knight, they're, you know. Like t- the reason why, like I'm interrupting, but like they are, no, they're part of a different era. To your point, like they're this this era of college basketball, which is garbage, is not, you know, not good for their style of coaching. And like, you know, there's a <laughs> there's a reason why Bobby Knight was gone when he was gone because he can't coach this kind of kids. These people like Coach K and Izzo and Beheim to an extent, and other people, they can handle this stuff because they love the job so much, and and they still care about like these kids. You know, mm. I, I just think that this is a different style of, of game that they've outlasted, but also like they're not as they're not going to be as successful in, and just it's not going to happen. So, yeah. But here's yeah. some here's some it, successful it, stats though. He, uh, this is wild. In 43 seasons, they compiled 34 20 win seasons, good for the second most on an all time list. Uh, mm. He's he's uh led them to five big east tournament championships just he you know he was coached for the u.s national team as well just just wild stats like i said whether you whether you like or not and you know just from the pure basketball okay last thing that we can get out of here what is your favorite like we obviously don't follow syracuse basketball who do you think of when you think of syracuse basketball like who's your like favorite player to watch in our years i mean (laughs) I mean, it's Jerry Mack. It has to be right. <laughs> like that that run of the eight years Jerry McNamara was at Syracuse yeah. was was pretty fun to watch. Like I think I think they should keep letting him play. Yeah, to be honest. Obviously, uh, let him be a player I've, coach. Let him be like a GA forever or something. Like I've said for a long time that I think college basketball should add one spot on your roster for a. <laughs> a non NBA graduate, like a guy who like wasn't good enough to make the NBA, but he's a freaking legend here and you can just, he can spend another 10 years. Um, gosh, that'd be playing. such a great just, bit. It'd be so much fun. Wouldn't you tune in for that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, freaking. This is John. This is, this is Jerry McNamara's last year. At no, it's the Big East championship. McNamara's for 40 years old, but he's still draining yeah. threes from the logo. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would watch. That. I think I would. Be I think Hakeem Warwick's my second favorite. Yeah. I loved watching him play. Yeah. I thought he was going to be so much better than he ended up being. But yeah, I liked that. That was that was one of the rare times where I really liked Syracuse. I liked that mellow team, and I hated Kansas, so that was part of it too. But um, yeah, I was I was rooting for them. That was a fun. That was a fun team. Um, Run. Th- oh, you know who else I think of though. John freaking Wallace. Yeah, dude. I had so much John Wallace <laughs> stock. I thought that dude yeah. was going to tear it up in the NBA, and that super did not happen. Uh, Johnny Dallas Flynn, too. John Wallace. Johnny Flynn was another yeah, one. Yeah, Johnny Flynn. I, I, I really think some, that we lost. Now we're getting into real. 
Remember like 20 minutes ago when you said, hey, we're going to, when you texted me and said, hey, we're going to get under yeah, an hour. Not anymore. And then, and then you brought this Sorry. up. Okay. Um, we really lost something when the Big East died yeah. the way that it did. I know it's been resurrected in some, some degree, but like Syracuse playing Duke in the, in the ACC was stupid. It was yeah. the Big East tournament was the coolest thing about college basketball. So much cooler than the tournament most of the time. Um, and, and we, we really freaking football ruined it. We, yep. we lost something when, when the big East went out. Um, those are probably outside of like, I blame Fab Mello. The teams. That's who I blame. <laughs> He's dead, man. What is he be. really? Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> My bad. He died. Um, stay hard. Fab Mello. Oh, no. Um, but <laughs> I think I made it worse. Sorry. Um, yeah, like the outside of like the the tech and Duke games, like the, the 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 you know the teams that I really cared about and the and those games, my favorite college basketball memories are all related to the Big East tournament. Basically, I mean it was it was something special, and and now it's now it's different. Yeah, <laughs> now it's different. Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get out of here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, tell a friend. Bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this podcast. Helps us greatly to carve out a little space in this very current podcast market. Leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. In that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past, and we like to read those out at the end of the show. We will be back next week. Actually, we won't be back next week. We will be on vacation next week. So unless, unless we record something on insane vacation. happens... No, we're not going to record. Well, if we get, yeah. <laughs> See how the vacation goes, okay? Um, Tobin and I are going on vacation together. Just us, not our families. We're leaving them alone. Uh, just kidding. Our families are going together. So we will not be back next week. We'll be back the week after that with more hot, fresh NBA talk in your ears. And until then, stay hard, Ronnie Rogers and Fat Bell.